Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Listen, I want to welcome you again to Blue Ridge Church. Special welcome to our online campus. Man, we had a great week this week. Beginning of the week, we had adventure camp for almost a hundred kids. We've got a couple of videos we'll show you, one in the middle of the service, one at the end of the service uh, regarding adventure camp. But you know, you have all these high adventures up at Mountain Lake for the kids, and their favorite thing was getting wet by the rain and, and playing in the rain, and the bus ride up and the bus ride back, and then the kids that, you know, they were here and their bus broke down, it wouldn't even go into gear, so they got to play in the playground for an hour and a half during adventure camp. But it was an awesome awesome week. I hope you've had a great week as well. Let me just say, if this is your first time here, first time joining us online, we're not going to do anything crazy or weird. We're not going to make you introduce yourself. We're not going to ask you for anything. I'm just glad that you've taken time out of your schedule to be with us today. So we're finishing up, as Justin alluded to, we're finishing up a series called Shape, and we're looking at how God has shaped us and how he's designed us and how he's created us for a purpose in life, to honor him, to serve him, and to serve others. And we've been using SHAPE as an acronym. It stands for spiritual gifts, that's the S, H, heart, A, abilities, P, personality, and E, experiences. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about our personality and we're going to talk about our experiences. Now, if you want to follow along with the verses that we use Every Sunday or the learnings, they're available on the Church Center app. You can download that on your phone or the QR code in front of you. You can scan that. Online campus, you guys know the host will send you a link or there's a link at the bottom of the page to follow along. But here's the very first thing I want to start off with, and it's learning number one. Our personality affects every area of our life, including how we relate to God. That's why this is such an important topic. It's such a spiritual Topic. And so, what I want to do today is I want to look at four different personality types. And, you know, you've all done personality tests. Some say there's three, some say there's four, some say there's 10, but I've just simplified it into talker, feeler, thinker, and doer. All right, we're going to look at those four personality types because you're probably going to fall into one or more of those categories. Now, the other cool thing is these are referenced in Scripture. So it's going to help us to really understand better our personality. And, and, and the scripture is in, in Mark chapter 12. And Jesus is approached by this guy who basically says, hey, Jesus, bottom line it for me. You know, what's the most important thing? W- what do I need to be concerned about? What's the minimum requirement, in other words, for me? This is the kid in high school that always asks the teachers, this is going to be on the test right? You, you know who that kid is. And if it wasn't on the test, they're wondering, well, why are we even studying this? Why is this even important? That's the guy that approaches Jesus. And Jesus answers him, and he says this in Mark twelve thirty. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Bottom lines it for him. Now, have you ever read that verse and wondered, why didn't God just stop with heart? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and just stop there. Why did he add soul, mind, and strength? 
because he knows that we're going to be kind of a mixture of these things. And even though this is a command and, and we really shouldn't neglect any of those, we are going to give preference to one over the others. Some of us are going to love God more with our heart than our soul, mind, and strength. And some of us are going to love God more with our soul than our heart, mind, and strength, and so on. Not only do these affect how we relate to God, but they also affect how we relate to people, right? How we relate to our spouse and how we relate to our kids and how we relate to our coworkers. So the first personality type, talkers. Talkers love God with all their heart. All right. Remember, Jesus said that there's a connection between our heart and our mouth, right? What our mouth speaks is the overflow of the heart. So talkers cannot help but talk to people about their love for God. That's how this works. So talkers love God with, with all their heart. Now, talkers are usually extroverted people. They like to be in crowds, you know, they're the ones that go to the family reunion or the class reunion or the party. And, and it's not enough just to talk to one or two people, right? They got to talk to everybody. They got to work the room. A lot of you are married to a, a talker, but they tend to worship God with their mouth and they love God with all their heart. Now, again, there's, there's going to be times where we're a blend of these things. Sometimes you're going to be more of a talker or, or a feeler or a thinker or a doer. Just as we go through today, just kind of think about, okay, which one of these fits me the best? Which one of these fits me the best? So if you're a talker, it doesn't mean you always want to talk, right? I'm a talker probably or a doer, and I like to talk, but there's sometimes I just like to shut down, and I don't want to talk to anybody at all. And I notice on an airplane, you know, when you're sitting by a stranger, a lot of times they want to talk to you. And if you ever want to shut down conversation on an airplane, you know the universal symbol. I think I've told you before. Just put your headphones on or your earbuds in, right? That means I don't want to talk to you. But if somebody insists on talking to me on an airplane, I say, great, let's talk about Jesus. And that usually stops the conversation <laughs> pretty quick. But Psalm 40 verse 10 says, I have not kept the good news of your justice hidden in my heart. I have talked about your faithfulness and saving power. I've told everyone in the great assembly of your unfailing love and faithfulness. So talkers cannot help but talk about their love for God. So what's the benefit of a talker in society? What, what do they add? What value do they add? They bring communication to the table, right? They help the rest of us talk through the things that are going through in our life. They can verbalize how a lot of people feel or the rest of us feel. Talkers are able to coach people and direct people and guide people. Now, so, some of the pitfalls, and all of these have positives and all of them have negatives. We know this about personality types. But one of the things that a talker has to be cautious of is their words. We talked about that a couple of series ago. We can use our words to encourage and to build up and to strengthen people, or our words can hurt people. Look at Proverbs 12, 18. Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. So if you're a talker, you have to be wise with your words. And you also have to make sure you don't wear people out with your words. 
You know, if you ever notice in conversations that people start backing up or they start looking at their watch or they're trying to get out of there, you're talking too much. And that's a danger of talkers too because their weakness is listening. Their strength is communication, but their weakness is listening. Talkers find it difficult to listen. And sometimes that's just what we need to do. And if you don't listen as a talker, eventually you're going to say something dumb, right? You're going to say something silly. Listen to Proverbs 10, 19. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. That's great advice for talkers. So that's talkers. They love God with all their heart. How about feelers? Feelers love God with all their soul. And when you look at that word soul in the Bible, it's, it's a synonym for emotions. Feelers are people who are really in touch with their emotions, right? Their feelings and what's going on in their life. And this isn't a stereotype, but a lot of times people who are very artistic or very uh, creative, they're feelers. They're really in touch with their emotions, and they're in touch with other people's emotions. That's why a lot of artists and creative people that create songs and, and uh, you know, movies and shows, they help the rest of us connect with our emotions and our feelings. And God has emotions, right? God is passionate, and feelers are able to display that better than a lot of other people. Psalm 42, verse 1 says this, As the deer pants for streams of water... So my soul pants for you, my God. So talkers bring communication to the table. What about feelers? Feelers bring compassion to the table. We need people in this world who can sympathize with others, right? And empathize with others. And so feelers who love God with all their soul, they're really good people to connect with because they just make you feel better right? They're great people to talk to, and often feelers are very popular people because people feel better when they're around them. Think about it like this. You could be fired from your job by a feeler, and you go home that night, and you feel good about getting fired, right? That's how good these people are with connecting with what is going on inside of other people. And again, we're a mix of these things, but one of them is going to be predominant in your life. Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Now that verse applies to all of us, but it comes more naturally for feelers to be sympathetic and to be compassionate and to be forgiving. All right, well, what's the weakness of a feeler? All, all you feelers out there, you got a weakness too, and you want to know what it is? It's temptation. Now, I get we're all tempted, but feelers tend to be more easily tempted because their emotions play such a big part of it in their feelings. And if we're not careful, we all know that our emotions and our feelings can lead us astray, right? They can lead us down a path that we probably shouldn't go down. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, dear friends, I warn you, as temporary residents and foreigners, to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. So feelers have to allow God to lead them instead of just going with their feelings and their emotions. 
So that's talkers, that's feelers. Let's talk about thinkers for a minute. And you're kind of seeing a pattern here. Thinkers love God with all their mind. And what's so amazing about thinkers, when they give their lives to Christ and they cross that line of faith, they often fall in love with the Scripture. They fall in love with God's Word and learning and studying and exercising their mind. That's a form of worship for a thinker. Psalm 119, verse 97, oh, how I love your instructions. I think about them all day long. That's what a thinker does. So what, is a, what does a thinker do? What, what, what value do they bring? Thinkers bring consideration to the table. They help the rest of us think through the things that we're doing, right? To think through the complex issues of our day. They're the ones that are behind the scenes thinking, well, if we do that, this is what's going to happen, this is what's going to happen, or this is what's going to happen. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 40. Let us search out and examine our ways and turn back to the Lord. And let's be honest, we need thinkers because most of us don't think that much about our life, do we? We just kind of go through our life day after day after day, going through the routines, and we never stop to analyze the way we're living our life or the things that we're doing or even the direction that we're heading. So thinkers bring all types of thought and consideration to all kinds of different areas in life and help us other people, doers and feelers and talkers, to slow down enough to start thinking through the implications of our life as well. Now, do they have a weakness? Yes. What do you think the weakness is of a thinker? It's pride. It's pride because thinkers have a tendency to devalue people who can't think as quickly on their feet as they can or think as as well-rounded as they can. So maybe you're in that thinker category. And if that's who you are, if that's your predominant personality type and you love God with all your mind and you love the details and you love thinking through things, then use your intellect, yes, to think through things, but we just have to temper it in love. So talkers bring communication. And and feelers, you know, they're compassionate. They bring compassion to the table. And thinkers, they they bring consideration. They think through all the issues of the day. And, And then finally, doers. Doers love God with all their strength. Doers are the people who get things done, right? They're the movers, the shakers, they, you know, uh, they just have this bias towards achieving things and getting things accomplished. Psalm 116, verse 16 says, Oh God, here I am, your servant, your faithful servant, set me free for your service. Doers are the ones that don't want a lot of details. They just want to get it done. You know, they're the ones that say, hey, let's do this. Let, let's, just, let's just go ahead and get this accomplished. Let's get this off the to-do list. So the purpose of a doer is to get things accomplished, to contribute to society by getting things done. And if you think about it, the world needs people who are practical and can take a a list of tasks and actually get them accomplished. And again, we're all different uh, types of personalities mixed up together, but one of these is going to be predominant in your life. What do you think the weakness is of a doer? They're workaholics, right? They don't spend time talking. 
or feeling or thinking. They just spend their time doing. And if they're not careful, they overwork themselves. Now, when it comes to these four personality types, hopefully you've landed on, okay, this one's dominant in my life. Here's what I want you to understand. None of these personalities are more important than the other. They're all equally important in the world that we live in and in God's world, in God's kingdom. No personality is better than one. We all have strengths and we all have weaknesses. The other thing about our personalities is God's not going to try to change our personality. If you were a talker before you gave your life to Jesus, you're going to be a talker after you give your life to Jesus. He doesn't want to change our personality. Actually, he wants to leverage it for his kingdom and for his purposes. That's why it's such an integral part of shape. You have to know your personality, and does that personality fit with my abilities, and does it fit with my heart, and does it fit with the gifting that God gave me to serve him and to serve others? And actually, it takes all of our different personalities, doesn't it, to, to, to make the body of Christ work. Go back and think about the disciples. They had different personalities. You know, John, he was, he was kind of out there. He was, uh, you know, contemplative, and he was reflective. He, he thought th- uh, uh, through a whole bunch of things. And then you had Peter, who was talkative, and he was impulsive. Nathaniel, the guy would believe anything, right? He'd just, he'd just go, I believe that. And then Thomas, he wouldn't believe anything without seeing it. But God was able to use all their personalities and all their backgrounds to jumpstart the message of Christ, the good news of Christ. And God can do the same thing with our personalities. Romans 15, 7 says, Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. So we're going to constantly work with different personality types. And even though it's not our personality, we need to accept people's personality because it brings a lot to the table and it's very beneficial in the kingdom of God. So as we summarize personalities, here's the question you need to ask, and it's learning number two. Of the personality types, am I a talker, feeler, thinker, or doer? Because once you identify that, it's going to play a key part in your overall shape. All right, let's talk about the E. Let's talk about experiences. And what we need to understand right off the bat is God is going to use our experiences. He wants to use our experiences, good or bad, to the benefit and to help other people. And what you're going to find as you go through life, and especially when you get to my age, God never wastes a hurt. He doesn't. He never wastes a a, a bad experience or a hurtful experience. Let's look at one of the most commonly quoted scripture verses when it comes to talking about pain or uh, a rough experience. Romans 8, 28. A lot of you are familiar with this verse. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I think we'd all agree that is a great verse. That's an incredible passage of scripture, but it's probably the most misused passage of scripture in the Bible. That verse does not mean that everything is going to work out the way that I want it to work out. 
right? It doesn't mean everything's going to work out the way Scott wants it to work out. It doesn't mean that God's going to protect us from our dumb decisions and our sinful decisions and our bad decisions. It doesn't even mean that everything that happens is good or everything that happens is necessarily God's will. But we often quote that, oh, this is just God's will, or this is just God calling his angel home, or, or, or whatever. That's not what that verse is saying. So what does that verse mean? And so what I want to do is just kind of break it up piece by piece. And it starts off and says, first, uh, we, and we know. That means we know. What we're getting ready to hear is beyond the shadow of a doubt. We don't have to wonder. We don't have to guess. It's a fact. And then it says, in all things, that's everything. That means in my divorce, in my struggle with addiction, in my breakup at work, in the loss of my job. That means in my abuse. That means everything. We know in all things. Listen, there is a lot of pain in the world today. There's a lot of pain watching online and in this building today. And what I want you to understand is God's not the author of that. He's not the author of that pain. Our sin is still at the root of that issue. Our sin is what brought that into this world. But we know this scripture says that God works. For we know in all things God works. That means God is up to something always in our life. And then the next part of that verse says, for the good. God loves to take our negative experience and turn it into something good. He loves to redeem those painful experiences and turn them into good. Well, who does he do that for? Next part of that verse, of those who love him. So this promise is only good for those who love God. It's not for everybody right? It's only for those who love God. Now, if, and if we love God, what are we going to do? We're going to obey him. We're going to follow his direction for our life. Now, if I want to live my life my way and, and call my own shots without any regard to the way Christ wants me to live my life, then this promise isn't to me. It's only for those who live in obedience to God. And you can think back to the Old Testament, in, in the story of Joseph and how his brothers sold him into slavery. And then he ended up rising to a position of prominence in Egypt. And he saved Egypt and surrounding nations from a, a famine. Well, eventually his brothers needed food and they had to come to Joseph. And when he reconciled with his brothers, he basically said, hey, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. God redeemed Joseph's situation, and every single day he's redeeming our situations. And so he can work even in the midst of our pain for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So God's never going to waste one of those painful experiences that we go through. So how, how else does he use our experiences? Well, one thing he does is he teaches us to trust him through our experiences, right? So many people believe the myth that, you know, pain and suffering push people away from God. I don't believe so. I believe it draws them to God. Some of you, that's your story. That's how you ended up here. You were going through a divorce. You were recovering 
from an illness or or you got a bad diagnosis or you were going through some problem or difficulty and you came here or you came to another church or you watched something online and God showed you your need for him. God can use any of those things we've been through for good. 2 Corinthians 1, 8 and 9. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. So when it comes to experiences, here is learning number three. When life is at its worst, we should draw closer to God. In our darkest moments, when our hearts are broken, when we feel completely alone, when we're out of options, when our pain is the greatest, that should be the biggest and best opportunity for us to say, God, I need you. Listen, we're never going to realize that God is all we need till God's all we have. We don't grow, you know, in character. That's another thing he does with our experiences. He uses it to grow our character. We don't grow in character by just coming here on Sundays or just praying during the week or just reading the Bible. You can grow some in character that way, but not in great, in, in a great deal. You know how we grow in character? By going through those painful things. By going through painful experiences, that's what really grows our character. When we can take what we learn on a Sunday and actually implement it in our life, that's when we grow in character. So those painful experiences, we can't just look at them as as all bad. Because when you get through that and on the other side of that and you look back at your character, you've grown. You become more like Christ. And remember, that's God's goal, to transform us into the image of Christ. James 1, 2 through 4, Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble comes your way, consider an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. God can use our experiences to grow our character. Uh, Let me ask you another question. Uh, Did your parents ever tell you when you were a kid that the stove was hot? Yes, all of us, right? And what did we do when our parents weren't looking? We touched the stove. And guess what? The stove was hot, right? Every generation of kids has to learn that the stove is hot. My point is pain teaches us. Painful experiences teach us and grow us in character. And they'll draw us close to God if we'll allow them. So learning number four, God wants me to share my experiences to help others. That's the purpose of our life experiences. That's why it's a part of our shape. Because whatever we're doing, you know, that lines up with all those letters, part of it's going to be sharing our experiences to help other people. 2 Corinthians 1.4, he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Let me ask you, who better to help an alcoholic than a recovered alcoholic? 
Nobody. Who better to help someone that's going through the pain of a divorce than someone who's already been through the pain of a divorce? Nobody. I can work with people and I can talk to people, but I don't have that. I can't do that. I'm not as equipped as they are. Who better to help someone who's struggling with abuse other than someone who's already been abused? And I know you think, oh, I'm the only one that's, that, that's going through this. I'm the only one dealing with this, but you're not. And God wants you to use your hurts to help someone else. That, that very thing that we regret, that very thing maybe we're ashamed of, or that very thing that caused us so much pain in our life, that experience is what God wants to use as part of your shape, to glorify him and to help others. You got to share your story. And I want to encourage you, on our website, there is a uh, tab, it's the Connect tab, and under that is a section that says, Share My Story. Share your story with us. Again, it only comes to me and a couple of people on the staff. We don't post it on Facebook or put it on our website, but you know, some of the testimony videos we do on Sundays, it's nice to know people's story. And if we ever encounter somebody, this person is going through this, I'm, you know, I can help them some, but I'm not equipped to do it, and we can match people together because that's what those experiences are for. So as we wrap up this series, we've talked about a lot in five weeks. When we've talked about your shape, your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your personality, and your experiences, has God clarified some things for you? Has he showed you more clearly what your shape is? And can you commit to using your shape to serve him and to serve others in the body of Christ? That's why he gave it to us, to make a difference in this world. So let's pray real quick. God, thank you so much for our shape. Lord, it, it, it's mind-blowing really to think that you uniquely created each and every one of us for a purpose. That all these different aspects that we've talked about that you gave us uniquely, help us to fully discover our shape, to go back through all these things we've learned, figure out our shape and use it to serve you and to serve others. Lord, we love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. A couple real quick things as we wrap up. And what we're going to do today is we're going to close with a video from Adventure Camp. So when, when I walk off, we're going to watch a video and, and then you're free to go. But before we get to that, if you have uh, middle or high schoolers, the youth are having a couple of up-and-coming pool parties. One is August the 3rd. That's this week, August the 3rd. So up-and-coming sixth graders getting ready to go into middle school, and then up-and-coming ninth graders. Those are two different times on August the 3rd. There's a pool party uh, for you just to get to know those up-and-coming sixth graders and then the second pool party for you up-and-coming ninth graders to get to know each other. Parents, you can sign up on that church center app or you can stop by the hub on your way out. And then August the 10th for all youth, middle and high school, they're having another pool party to bring all of the kids together. August the 14th is our outdoor baptism and child dedication. If you have never been water baptized and you've invited Christ into your life, and I know not everybody has done that, but if you have, I'd encourage you to sign up to do that. I would be honored to be a part of that with you. Or if you're a parent and you want to dedicate your children, what that means is you as well as the church, we commit to helping you 
uh, raise your kid in a Christ-centered home so that they'll grow up to know who Jesus is. So thank you to all of our volunteers, all of you who prayed and gave and supported Adventure Camp last week. It was absolutely amazing. I want you to watch this video, and I hope you have a great Sunday afternoon. Come back and see us next week. We're going to kick off a brand new series called Decide Your Future. Let's watch this video.